Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with Paul Halpern as we talk about his latest work, Flashes of Creation. It's the great debate. Paul, kind of paint us a picture, if you can, of what things looked like prior to the so-called Big Bang. I mean, what would we be, if we were watching it from above, from somewhere, what would it look like? What would it be? Well, at that point, space was infinitesimally small. So um, we think, strangely enough, that time began with the Big Bang, unless you believe in and this idea of the big bounce, that there were previous epochs of the universe out there, previous, uh, previous cycles. But um, if you strictly believe in the standard Big Bang theory, that says that the universe began as a singularity, which is a point of infinite density. So everything around us was compact into a single point. So you would see a single point of space, and that would stretch out. Um, and it's, it, there's, no, there's no center, though, for the Big Bang, no place in the universe where it actually happened because everything is stretching out at the same rate. All galaxies are moving away from each other at the same rate. So it's, uh, people describe it a little bit like imagining taking a balloon and putting dots on the balloon and deflating the balloon. The dots will all equally get closer and closer together. And uh, if you run that forward in time, you imagine uh, dots on a balloon that as you blow up the balloon, they get farther and farther away from each other. So that's the idea of the Big Bang Theory. And in theory, what blew up? What was the bang? Well, it's space itself. Strangely enough, space itself is dynamic. That was Einstein's great revelation, that before Einstein, people thought, well, space is just, is just the background. It's kind of like the stage, and the drama happens on the stage. But it turns out that the stage is part of the drama, that the universe itself 
is dynamic. Space is dynamic. So uh, it's really a um, the universe is a kind of interplay between matter, energy, and space and time itself. It is mind-boggling, though, isn't it? It is amazing. That's why I love cosmology. It's it's an amazing thing. And there's so many mysteries out there today because, for example, um, we know that most of the matter and energy in the universe is, um, is consisting of what are called dark matter and dark energy, and only fi- about 5% is the stuff of people and atoms and so forth. So, um, so much of the material in the universe is unknown material, and that is the great challenge for the younger generation of scientists to figure out what consists of this dark matter and dark energy. They're saying that the James Webb Telescope that uh, they've got up there now could and might see the beginning of the first light from the Big Bang. Now, that is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Uh, What the James Webb Telescope is trying to look for is the first light from stars. So the universe, in a sense, had two creations. We had the Big Bang creation, which produced this fireball of energy, but that energy rapidly cooled down, and as I mentioned, eventually became radio signals. So we can't really see it. We can only detect it with radio telescopes, the radio hiss. But then the second generation of light-producing objects came about, and that was the stars. And the first stars um, came about um, some, uh, some hundreds of millions of years after the Big Bang. Um, so uh, we don't really know what the first stars are like, but there's speculation that the first stars were absolutely massive, much, much, much bigger than the sun, and made of hydrogen, and they exploded very, very quickly. And that's what the James Webb Telescope is going to try to look for, evidence of the first generation of stars and what they were like. Is the universe still expanding, Paul? Yes, the universe remains expanding, and in fact that expansion is speeding up. So it's, it's, that was an unexpected discovery from 1998 that astronomers were trying to figure out what the expansion rate was and they were absolutely stunned to see that the expansion is not slowing down or remaining constant, but actually is speeding up. And that's where the term dark energy comes in. There's an unknown agent out there, an unknown substance, which is fueling the speeding up of the universe, fueling the speeding up of space. So it's a little bit like you, if you throw a ball up into the air, you expect it to come down at some point. And if you threw it hard enough, maybe it would go into orbit if you were some kind of, um, you know, uh, superhero or something. But you wouldn't imagine that you throw a ball into an air and all of a sudden it would start going faster and faster and rocket away towards the stars. And in fact, that's what the universe is doing. It's this unknown agent, this dark energy, is fueling it to go faster and faster. And we really don't know where this would all end if the universe will literally be ripped apart someday. That's, that's one theory called the Big Rip, is that the universe will um, get, accelerate faster and faster until everything we, around us, including Earth, is ripped apart eventually. I used to go home crying when I was about 12 or 13 because my science teacher would say the star is going to burn out, our sun is going to burn out one day. So I'd go home crying to my parents 
all upset that it was over for us. And my, oh my. my dad yeah, pulled yeah, me aside. Kids can be very sensitive to that. Yeah, my dad pulled me aside and said, George, that's going to be in billions of years from now. Don't worry about it. But, but, <laughs> I, but, I, I, but I couldn't comprehend that. I had, a, I had a physicist on the show a couple of years ago, Paul, who equated the expanding universe like a balloon. And he said, as you look at a balloon being blown up, it just expands and expands and expands. But he couldn't answer the question when I said, but the balloon is expanding into something else that's on the outside of it. So with the universe expanding, what's on the other side of it? Well, you can in some ways think of it as being expanding into a higher dimension. Um, but that dimension is not accessible to us. So it's, it's kind of a mathematical dimension, strangely enough. Um, it's just like if imagine if we didn't have any drills that could drill into the center of the earth and you could only walk on the surface of the earth and we, and there was no such thing as deep mines or drilling into the earth well we would be stuck on the surface of the earth and we w- would say well what's you know what's in the middle well the middle would be inaccessible so similarly the universe if it's curved or um, or if it's expanding, it's um, well, it is expanding, but um, it, it is it is um, increasing in a in a way that's um, that's employing an ex, an extra dimension that um, is inaccessible to us, a mathematical dimension. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, 
but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Does the universe at this point have an end to it? Well, um, I mean, if you if you got to the end of the universe, would you like hit a wall? Where, well, where would um, you go? There, the current idea about the universe is, even though we talk about the balloon, that's a nice analogy. The current idea is instead of a balloon, imagining as something like an expanding sheet. So imagine taking a sheet and putting dots on it, and the dots get farther and farther away from each other. So that would mean that it's possible that the universe is infinite. We can't see beyond a certain range because our telescopes can only reach out a certain distance. Right. No, matter how, no matter how good the telescopes get, they can only see uh, light out to a certain distance because before that... It, uh, it would be too, too early in time to see the light. It would be, um, if you go out um, billions of light years, you go back billions of years in time, and eventually you hit the beginning of the universe. So you don't, you can't see beyond that. Could there be a region of the universe where there are no stars, there's just nothing? There are. Astronomers look at parts of space, and there are segments called voids, which are relatively empty parts of space. Now, they do have some galaxies, and the galaxies have some stars, but they are relatively empty. And then there are other structures in space, like walls and filaments and so forth, where you have uh, more galaxies or galaxies more aligned. So these are really interesting features of the universe that we really we can't explain except by maybe chance assembled these these objects. Did the two physicists that are highlighted in your book with the Great Big Bang debate, did they go to their graves with an answer, or were they still frustrated? Well, George Gamow, coming up with the idea of the Big Bang Theory, um, his version of it, um, was excited in 1965 when, you know, proof, the, the radio has proof for the Big Bang Theory was uh, announced, but then he thought, well, I should get. He thought he should get more credit for it because by then people had kind of forgotten about his contributions to it, which were back in 1948. Yeah, and this was the 1960s. 
So other people got more credit for it at that point, but he went to his grave in 1968, and sadly enough, he, he, he met an early death due to, to alcoholism, uh, but he had liver problems. But he went, he went to his grave thinking that he, he perhaps didn't get enough credit. Hoyle lived a lot longer than that, and he felt that people didn't take his alternative ideas seriously enough. He was a real maverick, and he said everybody else, the Big Bang people, are kind of like geese following their flock. And in one of his textbooks, he has this wonderful picture of all these geese following a lead goose and saying, well, this is what Big Bang theorists are like. They, they, don't, they should use their brains and come up with alternative ideas. For physicist Stephen Hawking, what was his uh, claim to fame? Was it the black holes? He, he made major contributions to the Big Bang Theory and to black holes. And uh, he was the one who, who showed that the beginning of the universe is a singularity or a point of infinite density. Because before then, people weren't so sure about that. They thought, well, maybe you could ru- run the universe back in time and there could be something before the Big Bang. And he said, well, in his view, the Big Bang started with a point of infinite density, and there was nothing before that. I started off saying, Paul, that we were going to put God on the side for this discussion, but I keep coming back to the possibility that you can't. What do you think of that? Well, it's uh, as a scientist, I believe in looking at um, scientific evidence, but there are, that said, there are people who are scientists who are, who are very religious or you know, wonder about the mystery of it. And I, I have a great respect for that, just that in my line of work, I look at um, physical evidence rather than faith and, and rather than spirituality. I think, I think those are important, important things, and those are very valid things, but scientists have to kind of say, okay, well, this is the radio signal that proves the theory, or this is, mm-hmm. you know, these are the, you know, the signals from a telescope that prove the theory. I'm just, I'm, I'm baffled by the complexity of everything in the universe and the fact that it just all seems to work. Everything seems to work. I mean, just planet Earth, for example, you know, you look at the fact that we need water to, to, to live, we need oxygen to live, and we've got, all these things are here. I mean, it was just, it was designed perfectly for us. Well, there's also uh, the idea, an idea called the anthropic principle. The anthropic principle says, well, okay, we can look back and say everything is just perfect, but then we have to look at all the other possibilities, like look at all the planets out there that might not have the right conditions for life. Well, if we were, if, if, if we were somehow transported to one of those planets, we wouldn't even be around. So the fact that we're here on Earth and the fact that we're in this universe um, means that the universe needed to have certain conditions to produce intelligent life. So in other words, but because we're here to talk about the universe, it must have oxygen, it must have water, it must have all these things to produce intelligent beings. And if it didn't, we wouldn't be here to talk about it. So perhaps the fact that all these things are here is, is, in a way, a feature of the fact that, that we are here. 
It is remarkable, isn't it? It's, just, it's kind of exciting. Yes, it's a, it's a very exciting field. Science, science is thriving, and the science of the universe is thriving like never before. I'm, I remember growing up, when I was little, people would, would really fudge on uh, talking about the age of the universe. They would say, well, could be 9 billion years, could be 15 billion years. We really don't know. And now they're very specific. And how do they know it's 14-plus billion years old? Oh, so about 13.8, to be more specific. Oh, I'm off by a little bit. Around 14. <laughs> around 14, but 14 is a good estimate. But uh, they look back, on, they look at the expansion rate. So they look and see how fast the galaxies are moving away from each other. And then they run that video, in a sense, back in time and say, well, when would everything have to have started? Remarkable. Yeah. It is truly remarkable. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.